0: Hey, welcome to the New Life Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us. New Life is one family, many churches, and we're located in Brisbane, Coolangatta, Moreton Bay, and Rabina. And we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. I'm excited you're joining us because we are in our Vision series. And at New Life, Vision Sunday is not about what we're launching, but rather being reminded of who Jesus has called us to be. Over the next two weeks we will look at what we believe are four key discipleship priorities that are central to what it means to see more people more like jesus when this happens we believe god will usher in renewal in australia as we outwork his plan and heart for our church welcome to vision sunday and enjoy the podcast
1: good morning glad you're all here again uh, week in and week out. If you haven't met me before, my name is David Scambry. I get the joy of also being a pastor here. And just like last week, I am going to just pick up right where Scott left us. He, having conveyed our call to grow as disciples, I'm going to turn my focus to the final one of the G's, which is, for, which is a call for us to go on mission. But before we do that, I'm going to pray. Would you join me? Holy God, I just invite you to come close. I just invite you to be present, not because you are not present, not because I'm ushering or commanding or or somehow forcing magic to make you uh, attend this place, but just to turn our attentions towards you. Just that we would be reminded of the closeness and the love you have. Just that God, as we as we sit, we remember and we're reminded of the fact that you are a present, close, and loving God. That these four G's—they're not new life things. They're just ways we're communicating Bible things, the things of you. And as your people, God, I pray that you would concern our hearts, that you would build in our souls a real passionate desire for those things of you. So Lord, what's of you? Let it flow out and be remembered. And what's not of you? Let it be forgotten. Jesus, I thank you for your mercy. Week in and week out, day in and day out, Jesus, that every one of us in this room, because of you, we're forgiven, we're loved, we're welcome. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, we're gonna jump straight into Romans. We're gonna jump into Romans ten, verses thirteen. It'll be on the screen behind me. And it says this for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hallelujah. Everyone. How then can they call on the one they have whom how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Friends, the scripture invites us to recognize that for someone to call on Jesus, for someone to turn to him and to experience salvation, first they must uh, believe in him. But to believe in him, first they have to hear him. And to hear of him, someone has to share or preach to them. But it doesn't start with the preaching. This doesn't say, look, so go and preach. It starts with another thing. For us to preach, first we must be sent. And these sent people, there are people called by God to make known God's good news, his gift to all the world, that people all over the world, in every community, in every walk of life, everywhere would have a chance to call on Jesus' name and enjoy his goodness. These people, these sent people, they're missionally minded people who understand that their lives have a bigger purpose than just themselves. So, how many of us are sent? Are there pastors, preachers, evangelists, worship leaders, kids pastors? Maybe as you reflect on it, you go, maybe people smarter than me, godlier people than me, people who are less busy than me. But in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, which Scott went through before, Jesus opens that up with two words. He says, therefore, go. Therefore, go. Go. And with these two words, speaking to the whole church, not just in that time, but in all the ages to come, in all the days to come, right, he commissions his followers, his people to be a go people, a people who know that they are sent. And this is not just a small collection of holy enough, talented enough, emotionally driven enough enough followers, it's every one of his followers, It's all of us. If in this room today you know that Jesus is your Savior, you've experienced, declared, and decided to put our confidence in His name, my friend, hear me, you are a sent person. You have a call to be a go-on-mission kind of person. This is New Life's fourth G, that we we would be a people who go on mission. And you know what I love about our church family? Is it, This isn't a community that wants just the pastoral team or just the staff team or, or kind of leaves it to the 2% that do like 95% of the work or anything like that. This community isn't driven like that. The sheer number of examples that I have of people in this church who live a life going on mission is, is actually amazing. It astounds me. We have a doctor in our church who understands and sees their call uh, or sees the gospel, I should say, as the ultimate healing. And he just shares it diligently with any who would hear. And you know, in the last 12 months as a consequence of this, I know at least two people who have come to salvation, come to faith just by this kind of witness there's this amazing older lady who in spite of her age, she sees the mission of God of one that's done inside the church and one that's done beyond it. And so she rocks up every week with her broom in hand and she just does some hard work and helps to clean this place and get it ready so we might come and enjoy clean and usable facilities. And then after she's done that, she comes back again and then she feeds the homeless and cares for people who are down and out through agape. And just this week, I said, wow, we're so grateful for the fact that you do this. And she replied, oh, oh, I just want to keep doing it whilst I can. Like what a faith, what a heart. There's a young adult in our church who pushes back against his fear and shares the gospel relationally to to everyone he can from people he knows to strangers wherever he can, from cafes to beaches. There's a businessman in our church who, who takes the opportunity even in corporate settings to authentically share who he is, faith and all in the midst of a corporate meeting, would be bold enough to say, this is who I am. I am a Christian. This is my priority. At New Life, we believe that the ordinary Christian life is one of regular invitation, of deep community together, of apprenticeship to Jesus' way, and that all of that is steeped in hearts and minds that are captivated by a missional go mindset. So how do we live this go on mission life? Ephesians chapter 2 verse says that first 10 says this: "For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do." In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to turn to your neighbor and ask a question. I'm only going to give you a few seconds to answer it, so uh, my encouragement would be. Don't try and cram the whole conversation, but let it start a conversation that spills over to our time over a coffee later or or spills over into greater conversation at a different time. But here's, here's my question. Turn to your neighbor and ask them this. What makes going on mission for Jesus hard? Go and do that now. Bring it back in. If I interrupted a really good thought, well, then just try and remember it and start it up again later. Here's the fact: going on mission is a challenge. Friends, living a missional lifestyle, it is hard. Sometimes it can feel ambiguous. Like we just don't even know what it means to be missional, right? Like, what does it even look like to work this out? It can be daunting. Like, what if I fail? What if I'm not good enough? It can be risky. What if it costs me more than I know how to give? But Ephesians 2 chapter 10 teaches us that we are God's handiwork. And this word handiwork, it's it's also translated to workmanship. It's an art piece. Friends, do you know you are an art piece to God? You are something that God has meticulously designed. Perhaps the fear you face when the idea of going on mission comes up is that you're not good enough. But here's what God says. You are his workmanship. He knows what you're made of. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strengths. And he chooses you. His art piece, his workmanship, his handiwork. Or maybe a fear you face is that if you went and if you decided to go on a mission, what if you did the wrong thing? What if you were meant to go this way but you went this way? What if you tried to do it and you just failed? Well, Ephesians 2:10 continues by encouraging us by saying that those good works that we might be called to do, the life of purpose we are called to live, God has prepared in advance. So we can rest. We can trust God's prepared them. God's the one who wants them done. God's the one who's engineered the ideas and the outwork of what he wants us to do. It's not on us to to, to craft them and make them happen. What if we woke up each morning and anticipated that God had already prepared divine appointments and we simply enjoy living a life of seeking them out and partnering with him when that moment comes? You know, for, for some of us, this good work God's calling us to, it could be something huge. It could take bold and decisive, decisive faith. Maybe it's overseas mission. It's ministry sacrifice. It's a radical new lifestyle. But as we read the scriptures... As we pour through the book of Acts, as we look at church history and even the modern church, for for many of us, and I would say most of us, God has us exactly where he wants us. And we have to stop living with so much fear, paralysis, right? We've got to start enjoying the good thing he's trying to do in and through us right where we are. The gospel of Jesus is not something we just passively observe. It's something we freely receive. But once we've received it, there's a call to respond. And as His followers, we we, we gotta have this sent mindset, a go mindset. And a part of our design that we have, each and every one of us, is that the goodness of God would be expressed and outworked in and through our lives in all sorts of ways that He's prepared. Would you believe it today? 1 Corinthians 7.17 says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Do you know that? Do you know this, that every single person should live as a believer in the situation the Lord has assigned them? That the situation you find yourself in is actually an assignment God has given you? that the the circumstances, the opportunities around you, God has called you to. You are not in the position and place, the communities, the workplaces, and so on that you're in by accident. Our God has commissioned you as a missional uh, envoy of his kingdom in these places. You know, about 12 months ago, um, New Life began, I began a journey with New Life around church planting and, and it's been really cool and, and sometime in the next 12, maybe more months, um, you know, I will be going on a church plant. And when this happens, someone's going to stand on this stage and say, hey friends, we're planting a church, super exciting. Who senses a call from God that they might be called to participate in what God's doing there? I wonder if you imagine for a moment, if that, if that day came, you felt the Holy Spirit drop into your soul and said, you. What, would, what, what feelings and fears would you begin to experience? If God dropped in your soul and said, I'm calling you on mission wherever this church plan is. What experiences would you have? And the crazy thing is, for each church, New Life has planted, the, the phrasing that's been used is, this isn't saying, are you called on mission to a church plan? The question is, are you called on mission there? Or are you called on mission right where you are? And this is what we as God's people need to recognize is that we don't choose between being on mission somewhere else or living casually. We have to recognize that we're, if we're here, we're here because we sense God's call, is calling us to be on mission right here in the places that God has planted us. Whether we have a call to go or a call to stay, there is a mission field God has assigned us to right now. Friends, it could be our workplaces, our families, our communities, but these are divine and sacred appointments. And we actually, as Christians, we have to resist the urge to think of our lives along a sacred, secular divide. Friends, the life of a pastor isn't more holy than the life you're called to. Pastoral ministry is not a more godly lifestyle than the lifestyle you're called to. The question is, is will you approach the mission God has assigned to you, called you to, your mission field, as though it was just as sacred as you see other things as being? We've all been called to go. And what do we do in our going? What is it that we achieve in our going? We make disciples. We disciple the unsaved with the gospel. We disciple each other, fellow Christians, in deeper intimacy with the gospel. In other words, we partner in seeing more people become more like Jesus. Dallas Willard describes it this way. He says, The greatest issue facing the world today with all its heartbreaking needs is whether those who by professional culture are identified as Christians will become disciples, students, apprentices, practitioners of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from Him how to live the life of the kingdom of the heavens into every corner of human existence. We must see our call as primarily to go and be disciple-making disciples. Friends, are we accountants? Great, we go and make disciples through our accounting. Perhaps we're baristas. Great, we go and we make disciples by means of hospitality. Are we teachers, parents, or tradies? Brilliant. These are the means by which we go and make disciples in our world. The core question we have to all face as a people going on mission is the question of how are we going to use the specific gifts and interests, talents and opportunities that God has gifted our lives that we might prioritize discipleship and disciple making in our world. Because here's the thing, if we concern ourselves with gathering the lost through invitations with gluing into Christian community, being a part of the substance by gift and call of what a heavenly community could look like. If we concern ourselves with growing as disciples of Jesus, apprenticing under his way, and if we go on mission, understanding our lives as a life of God-given purpose, then we will see a broken world broken down and we will see light and life pour on in. And we know that's true because anyone here who calls in the name of Jesus has experienced a broken life breakdown, has experienced light and life pour through. Anyone here who knows the good name of Jesus knows that that's true, right? Right? And we get to live lives of combined purpose with eternal impact, knowing that because we experienced it, because it's been true for us, there are people in our communities who will never encounter a pastor, people in our worlds who will never step foot in a church, people out there who we get relationship, who will never ever have relationship with one of those people you think are more godly than you, right? It's, it's, It's crazy that you have the opportunity in your life by divine commission to witness to a people nobody else is available to witness to there are people in our world who are just waiting to hear the truth of the gospel and once they hear it they will become a Christian my question is would you say it would you share it would you ambassador the kingdom to those who don't know Jesus and even to those who do would we be a disciple making church Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 13 just before the bit we read before us is this If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, as Scott says before, this gospel life we live, it's not about perfection. It's not about achievement. Our call to be disciple-making disciples is not a call for each of us to go and attain the standards Jesus did. It's for each of us to say, I'm in. It's for each of us to say, hey, I know I'm going to fall short every day, but, but I'm in. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to chase. I'm going to prioritize this kingdom way because I've tasted its goodness. And I believe it's a better thing for this world, for my family, for my workplace, for my own personal life than anything else. Because friends, Jesus cares about this world. He cares about the brokenhearted. He cares about us and he cares about every single person we've ever come across. His heart is compassionate and kind, loving and unfailing in forgiveness. This is our Jesus. We believe on his name and his name is good. So would you join with me in prayer? Lord, I just thank you that you are who you say you are. That God, your love is so rich and so merciful. And God, we don't come before you right now, Lord, just hoping against hope that maybe, maybe, maybe we might have done enough this week to be saved. But we come before you in the confidence that if we just call on your name, we will receive the great grace and salvation you give and you delight to give. That you see each of us with such a passionate love. And not only us in this room, but all the people out and about that you have called us, commissioned us, and sent us to be missionaries to. God, burn by the power of your spirit a holy, passionate desire. Break our heart for what breaks yours. Lord, we love you. You are maybe in this room with all eyes closed and with all heads bowed, maybe you haven't heard of the love of a Jesus who cares so richly for you. He would die for you. He cared about you. He commissioned people to preach that gospel to you once and he's welcomed you here today that you might hear his good news. And maybe today you've never started a conversation. You've never started a relationship with Jesus. I just want to invite you to respond today if this is something you feel God is prompting in your soul to do. Just raise your hand boldly in the air, all eyes are closed, all heads are bowed. Come on. So good. Jesus, I I just thank you, Lord, that you're moving in that person's heart. God, you are working powerfully. That right now you are forgiving sins and welcoming a child home to you. And it says in the Bible that angels are rejoicing because of that. That's how much delight it brings. And God, for everyone in this room, as Christians and as your followers, your spirit is at work. Igniting us a passionate, burning hunger. Great and deep desire, Lord. To go on mission with our lives and to not fall into the trap of passive living, but to really and truly see every moment and every day as a day you have prepared good works for us to do. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. And in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, once again, we're going to turn to this card. The fourth and final box. It says, To go on mission, I will. And I invite you to grab a pen to begin praying and seeing, Lord, what does it look like for me to live a go-on-mission kind of life this year? What would you like me to do? What attitude could I change? Or it could be something random, but let the Spirit speak. See what community He's called you to or what movement He's calling from you. What good work. And once once we've done that, after just a few moments, we're going to stand up and worship the Lord together as a community. Let's do that now.
0: Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you and you'd like prayer, or maybe you'd like to join us in the mission of seeing more people more like Jesus, you can contact us through our website, church.nu, or you can reach out through our Instagram or Facebook pages. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.